Hi, my name is Dr. Julie Vajik-Smith and I'm widely known as one of key Australian-based influencers when it comes to promoting elder wellbeing. I'm lucky to have a mix of skills, clinical experience in treating common mental health conditions in late life, research skills, my doctorate examined wellbeing in home care workers, and in my postdoc, I researched on decision-making in dementia. I'm well-connected with both professional and research teams here in Australia and abroad. You are listening to a special six-episode edition of my podcast, Voice of Aged Care, where we tackle some of the key challenges that arise in the aged care workforce. These include dealing with change, worker resilience, stress and burnout, boosting productivity, engagement and coping strategies. I simply know that we are all here to do our best and to be our best. So let's look at the factors that can influence how we think, feel and act and impact our sense of connection and well-being at work. Thank you for joining me. Hey everyone, thanks for joining. This is Julie here and we are going to look at the first episode in this special edition The topic for this episode is dealing with change, coping strategies for the aged care workers. Now, the the four main fundamental um, areas I wanted to cover in this episode when discussing change is we're going to look at the change and the the human brain, the impact that change has on our brain and how we think. I'm going to talk about some common reactions to change that we might have. Uh, strategies for getting unstuck and also self-management during times of uncertainty. So it's going to be quite a meaty, beefy uh, episode with lots of information and take-home messages for you. And look, this is a topic that I I feel like I've, I've spoken about quite a lot over the years and we've all had so many changes in the last few years when you just think about you know, the impact of COVID, the impact of violence across the world, the impact of rising costs of living. There's just so much, so much change and so much uncertainty for a lot of people. And I, I think that it's a, a topic that we often just assume that people are okay with, that we've we've covered it and that it's done and dusted. But, you know, as Winston Churchill famously said, to improve is to change and to be perfect is to change often. So change is an inevitable part of our day-to-day lives and, you know, nothing stays the same and all these popular quotes come up and, you know, if we scroll through social media, you can just see that um, there's so many changes that are out and about in terms of, you know, fashion trends, in terms of industry trends, in terms of, you know, new products that are out and about. We we are just driven so much about, you know, how can we improve our lives? How can we make things easier for ourselves? And, you know, as the saying goes, nothing, nothing really truly stays the same. So when we look at specifically for changes in aged care and home care settings, there's been a lot um, and I don't want to make this episode just to be about talking about, you know, the changes, but I want to talk to you a little bit more about the the process that might go as well. So what we've seen in aged care in the last few years, the changes we've seen is the new regulation, new policies, new funding models, and more practically within your workplace, it could be your new manager, new colleagues, you could be in a new role, you could be working at a new site, you might be working, supporting new clients, which is a totally separate 
topic altogether when we talk about, you know, the, the, the grief and loss of our clients and, you know, new clients that come on, um, on board that we might support either in their own homes or in residential settings where, you know, you might go away for a, a weekend or you might go away for a few days or, you know, a month or so and then you come back and, different people occupy different rooms and that can be that's a big change to get used to as well especially if you've been so used to and had have had a very close connection with a, a specific client that that is quite a you know sudden change to deal with so changes are not always bad they're not always negative we also have positive changes that we deal with as well so some of the positive changes that come on top of my mind is First and foremost, you know, getting a pay rise. What a lovely surprise that is. Um, getting promotion. Another positive change could be perhaps renovation and, you know, having aircon installed in your workplace or having, um, you know, lifts, an extra lift put in as well. Or it could be a better working environment altogether. So, Change is not always a negative, bad step whereby we think, oh, we have to get used to um, something that we don't want to have, some change that we didn't expect. And I know that uh, in one of my early episodes, we looked at the change through the lens of a retirement village and the renovations that went through. So that was a big change and and often thought that was, you know, perhaps a negative one because the residents – were told that they had to leave this retirement village and find permanent new accommodation. And interestingly, most residents actually moved out way before the deadline, way before, you know, even now when I think about that retirement village, the work hasn't started and it's not going to start for another year or so. But most of those people have moved out and there's they found alternative accommodation. And so although that initial shock about that change being quite sudden and unexpected and 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 well unwelcome in many sense that change was embraced and so when we regardless whether we perceive the change to be a positive or negative it is necessary for us to transition and the transition or is which is a psychological process we go through it is the emotional response and as well as the mental adaptation that we go through change which can either help or hinder the process. So when we talk about change, it's very different through the process of actual transition and being able to um, to process what's going on. And we all respond differently to change, and it depends on many factors that go on. So it could be, you know, unrelated to actual change occurring. It could be, you know, something else that might be going on for us that's made the change a little bit more difficult to process. So when we think about the human brain and how we process change, it's important to look at the two very important concepts that we look at. So that could be looking at the the smart brain, which is our prefrontal cortex. And the the prefrontal cortex looks at, you know, complex problem solving, helps to control our impulsive behaviors. Uh, it needs tools and training to be really activated. So the smart brain is the brain that we want to use. And that really helps us because it has that executive functioning and high level thinking which can help us in many ways overcome the challenges that we might see or that we might associate um, with the change that that's going through. So to activate our smart brain, we need to have tools and strategies 
in terms of how we problem solve. So it's not black and white thinking. It's a lot more about being able to reason, being able to prioritize, being able to solve more complex problems. And, and, and that's the, that's the part of our brain that can really, really help us resonate what's important, what is not. How can we curb some of those impulsive reactions? And so that's the smart brain. The other part is the, the impulsive brain. It's the actu- activation of our HBA axis. And it's looking at our fight or flight response. And it looks at how to reduce high-level thinking and, and, and short-term thinking. And so the impulsive brain is very much activated by our adrenal glands. And so it, it, what we need at the times of stress, times of perceived threat, is we need to know how we can activate our smart brain and how to activate that as opposed to activating our impulsive brain. So it's, it's, it's a process that requires a bit of training. And when we look at the, the HBA axis, which is the hypothalamo-pituitary-adrenocortical axis, it is, it is part of our brain that really helps us to, uh, to adapt to stress and to co- cope with um, w- what is going on. So if, if we have this perception um, of a threat upon us, that sends a, in, in our brains, that sends a message to our anterior pituitary gland to say, hey, there's a threat that's going on. And it drives this adrenal cortex in our body and drives this perception, oh, you know, we are facing a big threat. And so we can see that through the stress response system that we, with the release of the, the cortisol into our immune system, sends a perception of, oh my God, there's so many envir- environmental stressors. There's so many things that are going on that are really, really not good, not adaptable, something that we can't overcome. And so we need to think about how do we, how do we switch that fear, that fight or flight response in, in perceiving the, the stress as being something that is detrimental to us in our health and how do we actually activate the smart brain that can reason with it and going, it is not. It is not the end of the world. We will get through this change and it might in fact end up being something really positive and beneficial for us. It will help us work through how we can address, say in, in the instance there is some elements of self-doubt it can help us um, being able to p- control and identify, you know, what, what is it that we need to focus on. So common reaction to change can be positive, but often we, we, we tend to jump to that conclusion and think that it's something that can be negative. And so, as I said earlier, like, you know, we all respond differently to change depending on many factors which is going on around us. And so if we, we're told one news, um, for example, that, you know, we're, we're getting a new manager, we might think, wow, that's actually a positive thing. You know, maybe that person is going to show us some new skills and strategies. They'll bring their new strengths to the role. And then, you know, we might talk to a couple of colleagues and they might see it as a really negative thing. And so that can then influence how we feel about things and how we process that news. It's like, oh, well, hang on. Bob and Jane think it's a really bad thing. So maybe I should also be not okay with it. And then we, we have this bias that we activate towards the majority vote that, you know, it's not a good change. And it can really influence how we feel and how we we think within that 
environment. So sometimes the influencing factors, there could be a discrepancy between how we feel and how we act in that instance is like it, it can cause a bit of incongruence in that sense it's um difference between how we feel and how we act so we're like oh well you know i actually think this change is not too bad but um i can't show that at work because i might upset my workers my colleagues because they they think that this is a bad thing so the, that that the, the further away we are in discrepancy between our actual feelings our true feelings and our shown feelings, more likely we are to experience stress or distress or experience, you know, unpleasant emotions as well. So when we think about that and the the impact of the difference in opinions, the difference on perception of the information, the difference in, in emotions shown during times of change, um, it just goes to show that, you know, we all come with different set of skills. We all come with different um, strengths. We all come with and we are equipped with different types of strategies that we can use to overcome and address the change. So it's really, really important to, you know, put it into that perspective. And, and we can only really do that by activating our smart brains to do that. So when we look at strategies for, for getting unstuck, during times of change, um, when we feel like, oh, you know, it's really feels like it's it's out of out of our control, and that's something that really comes up quite often for people. It's like, I feel that this this is something that we need to look at. It, we we need to be able to then deal with how we go about looking at what is what is within our control and what is not in our control. So. That's something that I want to talk a little bit more, but let's just let's just have a quick break and um, we'll be back in a minute. Hey there, Julie here. Uh, you are listening to a special edition of my podcast, Voice of Age Care. In this six-episode edition, we are exploring key challenges that arise for the age care workforce. We're talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. In recent years, we've seen workplace wellness and employee well-being move up the priority lists. We are way more aware of the importance of worker well-being, both at work and personally. And this was the key research topic for my doctorate. Now, if this topic resonates with you and you want to learn more on how I may be able to support you and your team, let's connect. Please visit my website, wisecare.com.au forward slash resilience and fill in the details and my team will be in touch with you. That is wisecare.com.au forward slash resilience. Now let's get back to the episode. Okay, thanks for joining. Before the break, I was talking to you about some strategies that might help um, in getting unstuck. And so what often tends to happen for people is that we tend to uh, worry a lot about things that are outside of our control and not as much focus on things that are actually within our control. So what I mean by that is that if we, we draw one circle, the, the first thing that we would put within that circle would be what are the things that we have direct control over? 
And so that would include things that we're not okay with. And so when it comes to change, we would be able to articulate what is exactly those factors that we, we feel like we have a control over. Now, around that first circle, we would draw another one, and that would be something that we have partial influence over. So what things do you feel you have some influence over, but not complete? So it could be about escalating your concerns to management. Influence could be also about, you know, how we speak to our colleagues and and, and give them our insight or connection with our clients. And then the next circle that is completely removed from the one that is within our control is what is it that we have no control over? And so it could be about things like, you know, um, new regulations, like we don't really have control over those, new policies. It could be about um, our, you know, new new manager that we have on board as well. We don't really have control over who they hire into that role. So what we need to keep in mind if we need to deal better with change is really focus a lot more on those things that are within our control, within our direct control and those that have some partial influence around it and see what we can do to focus on those a bit more and letting go of things that are not in our control. If we can't change them, you know, what's the good of worrying about them? So what you're focusing your energy on and the impact it has on your well-being Getting that sense of control, getting that sense of being able to have a say and having uh, an input on something that's really important for you is recognizing and reminding yourself what is within my control and what is not without my control. And obviously the bridge between the two of those and looking at what is those factors that I have partial influence on. So I think, I hope I think um, and I hope that this has given you some strategies and also given you a little bit more information about the actual aspect of and the process that goes through when we're dealing with change. And, you know, let's face it, changes are always going to be around us. And so we do need to look at how we can embrace them, how can we accept them, regardless if, you know, they're positive or negative, and really highlighting for us what are those factors and risks that are involved if we, we feel like, you know, the change is out, outside of our control and, our, and, and how do we activate our smart brain when it comes to change and processing what's on there. So we can very easily jump to conclusions and think this is no good, this is, you know, bad, and, you know, our impulsive brain can really go into an overdrive and, overactivate our fight or flight response and actually, in fact, really not help us in any way process what's going on. So taking a step back, taking some deep breaths, illustrating on a page for yourself, what is it that's within my control? What do I have a bit of influence over? What do I have no influence over can help tremendously in processing change and segregating and separating out exact triggers that affect us and our well-being and what steps we can take to focus on activating the smart brain, which is rational, which is helping us identify our own problem-solving skills, which needs real tools and training to keep going and something that we can't really tap into and activate if we are overly focused on the impulsiveness and the fight or flight response. 
That's it for today. Thanks for joining. Well, that is another episode of The Voice of Age Care done and dusted. Make sure you don't miss out when I release another episode by becoming a subscriber on your app of choice. And if you can, please leave a review too. I'd love to know what you think of the podcast and what you'd like to hear in the future. Now, the next thing you need to do is go straight over to wisecare.com.au forward slash resources and check out my latest resources you can download for free. It could be a book chapter, 20 strategies to boost engagement with elders, or my most popular resource, Five Facts About Me worksheet. You'll be sure to find them all there, wisecare.com.au forward slash resources. I'll see you at the next episode.